0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep. Talking bills all year long. Because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, everybody
1: do it at once. Ready? ha <sighs> Yeah. Sigh of relief. Exhale. There it was. The performance that we've seen the Bills have so many times over the last mm-hmm. several years, especially after losses, when they really needed a 38 to 10 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, they gave up a touchdown on the first drive, but after that, the Bills outscored the Raiders 38 to three. They were completely dominant. It's exactly what the doctor ordered. Welcome into the post-game show. It's always game day in Buffalo. I don't know if you want to call it the post-game, the post-game pod, whatever the video, but yeah. it's our an- analysis and recap of what happened. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, it's exactly what the Bills needed, Matt.
0: Yeah, no kidding, they did. And I know that they said after the game that they didn't hear the noise and they weren't paying attention to any of it. And Everybody I believe that to a certain extent, but at the same time, like this offense needed to respond after the game that they had, and they did. The defense, they got gashed a few times in the first game. They needed a big game, and they did after opening the game with a touchdown that looked way too easy for the Raiders. After that, like you said, only three points. The Bills punted once on the first time they touched the ball offensively. That was the only time Sam Martin was on the field for a punt. Every other time was to hold an extra point or to hold the one field goal Tyler Bath had. It was a dominant, decisive, whatever word you want to use. They needed it, and they got it. And I think Bills fans, like you said, the sigh of relief, I don't know if you think, okay, like they're back, everything's good, but I think this is a lot closer to the team that you can expect as opposed to what we saw against the Jets.
1: I agree with you. Let's just kind of break this down both on the macro and micro level. Let's dig in a little bit and take a look first and foremost at the guy that everybody was wondering what was going on with last week. And that is Josh Allen. Josh Allen last week, of course, three interceptions, which were very, very costly against the New York Jets this week. How about another? I mean, last week I said, oh, man, he was 70%, right? 70% is great. I mean, this week, what, 31 for 37. He's over 80% completion percentage, but it comes without the turnovers. 274 yards. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles. He didn't even run that much. Three carries for seven yards. This was a great Josh Allen performance.
0: Yeah, it was a great Josh Allen performance. You know, one of the questions that a lot of people had said after the last game was, when was the last time Josh Allen had an elite game? And I don't know if I would say this is an elite game, but this was like a really, really, really good game. Honestly, we're recording this right before Sunday Night Football starts. It might be a game that gets him like AFC Offensive Player of the Week because he was so efficient. He did have the three touchdowns. His team put up 38 points. The yardage was not there. Remember when we had the whole like Josh can't throw for more than 300 yards and then it became like an every week thing for him back in 2020. So I think this was a really, really, really efficient, strong outing for him. I think that he took what the defense gave him, but he also was still able to make some big plays. The Khalil Shakir touchdown was an elite play. The yes. deep ball to Gabe Davis, where he's rolling out to the right, floats it over the defender. Gabe Davis has a big game, big game. That's a big time play. And there were a couple other of those mixed in that I think you really like to see. Oh, and there was also the one, it was third down, it was third and long, and he found Diggs. He kind of worked through his progressions. He pump faked, he hit digs across the middle, and then that allowed them to go down and score again before the half. That was another one of those like kind of big time. Josh Allen plays.
1: Josh was very good. He made good decisions. And I think most impressive to me was he showed for an entire game. He could be patient. He can give what the defense uh-huh. is giving him. This is not a very high yards per attempt type game for Josh Allen. In fact, if you take a look at it, the overall numbers on him. We said 31 of 37 uh, 274 yards. Uh, Matt, you know, you take a look. He, he Well, let's say it this way. He started 13 of 13, and I think the first 10 of those only went for 50-something yards. That's five yards an attempt. That is very, very low. But I think 10 of 10, 13 of 13, you'll take it. He showed he could be very patient, take what the defense gave him. That's what he needed to do more of last week. He did a lot of that last week against the Jets, but then he got impatient a couple times, heaved the ball downfield. He didn't do that in this game.
0: No, he didn't do that in this game. And I think that that's a really good step for the Bills in the right direction. It's a little bit of circumstance though, too. The Jets have a really good opportunistic defense. I don't think the Raiders are even close to that. I don't think they're like a disaster. I just don't think they're even close to the Jets. So I think this is a combination of like, okay, Josh Allen played a really good game. And he also was going against a defense that was average, not a defense that is maybe one of the best in the NFL. So he was going to be able to kind of just wait and see what happened and then strike when he needed to. I don't think he ever felt like he needed to force anything here, which is good because when he doesn't force things, he has the ability, the skill set, and the caliber of play that he can, you know, make sure that when he has to, he can go out and make a big play. It was, this is what the doctor ordered, right? And every yeah. aspect of the game, you saw Josh Allen come back. And once again, Last week, there were people talking about, I'd rather have Mac Jones than Josh Allen. I'd rather have, you know, Russell, with all this ridiculous nonsense around the NFL. Today, he looked once again like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And oh, by the way, if you're paying attention to the rest of the league, Patrick Mahomes was meh today. Joe Burrow was meh today. Jalen Hurts was meh on Thursday. It happens. Great quarterbacks have bad games, a bad couple games. Happened with Josh Allen. But the sky was never falling. He is still the guy. He,
1: he did wind up with, at the end of the day, a 7.4 yard per attempt average, which is not very high, but it's it's not horrible either. No. Um, and again, get the win, it's very efficient. It's exact, actually exactly what Patrick Mahomes had in his day, to your point. Patrick Mahomes was 29 of 41, 70% through for 305, but again, 7.4 yards per an attempt. As the game went on, the Bills did take advantage of a couple of balls that went a little bit longer downfield, but I thought that was the best part about Josh's game. The other thing that helped Josh, pass protection. Boy, how did Spencer Brown... He is a guy that needed this type of game. Yeah. I don't know how he was able to dominate Max Crosby that the way he did the entire game. I would expect, hey, you're going to probably lose a, a rep or two, but it seemed like he didn't really lose many reps at all, if any, to Max Crosby. How about this, Matt? Max Crosby on the day for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Zero sacks, zero quarterback hurries. Yeah, I know the Bills helped out a little bit there. Spencer Brown did a great job, and after the game, he told me that Kingsley Jonathan, the defensive end who was inactive, Gave him an incredible look on scout team all week. Said he wore Max's number. He was Max. He said it might have been one of the best scout team looks he's ever had.
0: Yeah. Give Spencer Brown his flowers. He has been somebody who we've criticized on the podcast. He's somebody that a lot of times gets brought up as one of the weak links on the Bills. Today, he was not. Today, he was one of the strong points for the Bills. And that allowed them to go out and execute the game plan that they had. Max Crosby's a game wrecker. He's one of those people who can take your plan and just shove it back in your face. And that's why I did think, you know, you look look at the 7.4 yards of carry. I think a lot of that is by design, almost like it was supposed to be against the Jets, where you just took that quick intermediate stuff as much as you could, and you made sure that a defensive line did not beat you. I think this is going to be closer to what we see from the Bills, really, for the entire season. with quick passes, intermediate stuff. I still think because you have Josh Allen, you will take your shots down the field. But I think you still, of all of the things this team does well, I'd say the offensive line is pretty average, maybe even a little bit below average. This is a way that you make sure that that does not come back and bite you in the butt. You have this kind of game plan. So kudos to Spencer Brown because he had a really strong day against a really tough opponent. I, I thought the line today was much better than they were last week. And a lot of that also has to do with the competition.
1: 100%. Um, to, to your point about just the shorter passes, you have to sustain drives. The Bills have had some long drives. Even last week, they had a couple of 11-play drives and a 9-play drive, I think, against the Jets. And then this week in this game, 7-11, 7-8, 15-9, 11. I mean, that drive to start the second half for the Buffalo Bills eight up over nine minutes of possession, nine oh one of possession for the Buffalo Bills to start the second half. They wind up uh, converting on a touchdown at the end of that drive. That's exactly the kind of drive they need. Of course, it doesn't happen without a good running game. James Cook very good in this game,
0: uh-huh. James
1: averaging over seven yards a carry. Now, granted, he had one big run at the end, a bit that he popped, but he was very good in this game. But I like the way the Bills used a rotation of Cook. Murray and Harris
0: I like the rotation that they used for sure I'm still not in on all of the first down runs that they were doing it did not come back to like really haunt them like it did against the Jets just because the runs today on first down were most of the time going for two three yards not a loss of three or a loss of five like we saw at times against the Jets so they were kind of playing from in front of the chains for the most of the game and and that's good I still think that it was a little bit Too predictable is probably the way I would put it, but I'm not going to be the guy who's sitting here and being critical of the play calling today. They scored 38 points. I'd say the only blemish on their play was the fourth and one at the goal or at the one-yard line that they did not convert. I don't know in that situation why Josh Allen is in the shotgun anyway. I saw the clip afterwards of Diggs open in the back of the end zone, but it looked like from the angle behind the end zone that there would have been really no way for Allen to see Diggs. So you can kind of look at that both ways. You could say, well, Diggs was open, so the play Dorsey called was schemed up right. But at the same time, is it schemed up right if your quarterback can't see him open in the back of the end zone? My guess on that was that Deontay Hardy was the first read. But when he rolled out to the side, he kind of slipped. So then I think Allen thought he needed to create something, and obviously it's fourth down. You're throwing the ball no matter what. So and that was the only blemish, but that's being were nitpicking at that point. I thought the run game certainly helped themselves. I liked how all of them were utilized in some way, shape or form. I think they all have a different skill set. And I think that that showed today.
1: Nine different Buffalo Bills pass catchers caught yeah. passes, which was uh-huh. really great. They really spread remember Sean McDermott talking about the need for more receivers to get involved, but boy, did they get involved in a big way in this one. Stefan Diggs, seven for 66. Gabe Davis, six for 92. Uh, Deontay Hardy had a couple of catches, only four yards. Kalosha Kira, of course, had the one play. Josh Allen looked incredible on was going down to the ground, but they were able to spread the ball around Dawson Knox, Austin K, Reggie Gilliam, James Cook. Everybody gets involved in the action for the Buffalo Bills offense. I'd say the only blemish for me, and I agree with you on the fourth and one call, it was kind of a a weird play, but that first drive did not look very good for the Bills. They go five plays, 75 yards, they wind up punting. Um, on the, I'm sorry, they go, that was the the Raiders 575. The Bills go three and out three plays, five yards and wind up punting on that first drive. And it's a good thing they didn't punt the rest of the game because Sam Martin got hit on that play as Damian Harris was driven into him and he didn't look right the rest of the day. He did hold, but he never had to go back out there and punt. The Bills had one punt. They roll up 450 yards and also played some good defense. Let's talk about that. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car? Navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so here's the most incredible number, I think, from the game. Josh Jacobs.
0: It's crazy. Nine
1: carries, negative two yards. Matt, I tweeted this out a little before we started recording, so I don't know if you saw this or not. I went to uh, Pro Football Reference slash Stathead and I looked it up. Since the merger, how many players have had nine, at least nine carries, negative two yards or less? Since the merger, since 1970, 53 years of football. This is only the 11th time it's ever wow. happened. The wow. last time it happened was 16 years ago in 2007.
0: Amazing. That's wild. You know, and this the funny is the thing, NFL's
1: leading rusher from last year.
0: This is the NFL's leading rusher from last year, but I just looked it up in my other tab. You know what he's averaging per carry this entire season? I mean, it's two it's games. He had had
1: two points something
0: last week. Yeah, it's 1.6 yards a carry, and that's something. I actually talked to Paul Hamilton about it before the game, and he was like, man, I think Josh Jacobs is going to get volume in this game. And I'm like, if he does, that's great for the Bills because I don't think he has the ability to pop off an 80-yarder like Brees Hall did last year. He's a good player, but I think last week, but he's a good player, but I think if that's your game plan, I think you would feel pretty confident about yourself. This was one of those games – get out in front of them and force the Raiders into passing the ball. And it looks like in the beginning of the game, Their answer was, let's throw to Devontae Adams. (laughs) Really good answer. He's a really, really good player. But when you become that one-dimensional like they did, that's when the Bills were able to start taking over. That's when they were able to force the turnovers that they got. They finished the day, I believe, three turnovers, right? One was in garbage time on the Dane Jackson hit. Taylor Rapp scooped it up. But they had the Terrell Bernard interception and the Matt Matt Milano interception. So, a good day for the defense, especially after that opening drive where they let him walk down the field in five plays. But also, you know, we said flowers to Spencer Brown. Flowers to Terrell Bernard. That yeah. was a big moment in the game. That cha- Greg Rousseau made the play. He that. To flex the ball. Terrell Bernard still, though, opportunistic that he brought it in. And then they went down the field and scored, and they never looked back after that. So kudos to him. You know, we've said, hey, maybe Christian Kirksey comes in at some point not after the performance that he had today. Bernard was absolutely fine, not better than fine. He was good, and that's what the Bills need. No
1: doubt about it. You take a look at that first drive. The the Raiders did go down the field, five plays, 75 yards for that touchdown. After that, four for 14 yards, three plays for five yards, 10 plays for 46 yards, resulting in a field goal. Three plays for seven yards, two plays for 13 yards, four for 23, four for 12, five for 45. This is a long way of me just giving the stats and saying the Bills did a great job after that first drive, One of the things that happens after losses, people want to find reasons to complain. Matt, I take calls all the time. People saying the Bills never adjust. Yes, they do. They adjusted great in this game. They do adjust. Every team adjusts. Both teams adjust. You make adjustments on the fly. But how about the adjustment for the Bills on defense? Because not exactly sure exactly what they adjusted to, but they didn't allow anything from the Raiders really after that first drive. The Raiders had some success. Screen passes, they did have a couple of those. That's what scored the touchdown. Uh, The Jets had some success there. That was a nice job. But you talked about it. The interceptions by uh, Milano and Bernard, especially Milano. What an incredible play. I mean, that's what you call getting mossed.
0: That's just a freak play. That's ridiculous that he was able to do that against, like we said, one of the better players in the league with Josh Jacobs. Matt Milano's a freak. Matt Milano is so good. I mean, after two weeks,
1: he's already on his way again, I think, to being an all pro with the way Mm -hmm. he's played. He has two interceptions already in two weeks at linebacker.
0: Von Miller changes everything. Whenever Von Miller comes back, you know that's a game changer for the Bills. I also don't want to discredit the secondary, some of the guys there, or Greg Rousseau has been awesome to start the year, and Leonard Floyd has been very good. Matt Milano is the best player on their defense. He is so mm. freaking talented that to have that guy, I don't think he's necessarily a household name yet. I think around the league, football people know how good Matt Milano, Matt Milano is, but casual fans might just be familiar with the name, but not know like people in Buffalo know how good he is. If you get him playing at the level he's playing at and you get the defensive line generating the pressure that they have been generating, and then you add Von Miller into the mix. That's that's got some potential defensive line
1: played terrific. Craig Rousseau and Ed Oliver together were dominant against Mm -hmm. the Raiders offensive line.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those games where if you look at the box score, you go, were they really that good? They were that good. They were generating pressure every time Garoppolo held the ball for more than a second or two seconds. And I know that they didn't pick up a sack, but that is not indicative of the type of game that they played. Obviously Rousseau has the play where he deflects the ball. You had the one where Epinesa blocked the ball. He was rushing the passer. You had the Ed Oliver. I think it was the first play of the game where he just stopped Jacobs for a four yard loss. You had a couple where they forced him on the third and five or the third and three, all the way backed up at the end of the half where the bills get the ball back and then come down and score. I I think defensively they made some, some very nice plays. And it does feel like from the way people are talking about it and the things that he's posting that Von Miller is close right? Yeah. Like he said, that's NFL now
1: for sure feels that he can play as soon as possible. When they come off. when they come yeah. he's he's got to stay on for two more games. So everybody knows,
0: we should say too. Leonard Floyd left the game. He didn't leave the game early, but he did not go back out into the field late in the fourth quarter. I watched okay. him walk into the tunnel. He was walking pretty slowly and gingerly. Looks like he was favoring one side. I couldn't really I tell, can actually what tell
1: you what happened. I can tell you what happened. He was, he came to the side and he was, he was pointing to his inside right ankle It was called an ankle injury, and it was really kind of like a little on the um, right below the ankle bone on the inside of his right leg. And he was in some pain, but they wrapped him. He kind of walked. He never went back in the locker room, and he walked. uh, He did, you know, walk on his own. And afterwards, we talked to him after the game, a little bit of a scrum. And our buddy Josh Reed asked him, how concerned are you about the ankle? And he said, I'll be ready to play next week. So that's good news, but we'll yeah. see. And then Micah Hyde had a hamstring injury and he did he not return either.
0: He said he's fine too. After the game, okay. Micah Hyde was asked, like, are are you good? And he said, yeah, you know, we'll just take it slow and make sure that we get the rehab that we need to. But he didn't seem overly concerned. That's honestly just a good general rule of yeah. thumb. If a player is coming to the podium after the game, that's true. it's not always, but usually they're not trotting somebody to the podium if they have an injury that they think is very serious. All right, let's wrap up the defense by
1: um you know taking a look at the wide receivers for the Raiders. They did not have a big day. I mean, Devontae Adams had a nice day, nice day. Six catches, 86 yards, I think it was a touchdown on the screen pass, but the Bills kind of really held him in check. Other than Matt, other than that, Matt, mm-hmm. one catch by a Raiders receiver, and it happened with under four minutes left in the game when Hunter Renfro caught a ball. That's it. <laughs> the Bills corners, secondary, did a very good job. Look, they didn't have Jacoby Myers. I get it. That happens. It's injuries, football but that's a great job by the Bills to make sure that receivers did not hurt them throughout the day.
0: Yeah. And I think that was Hunter Renfro's first catch of the entire season. So that's not great. If you're a Raiders fan, I think defensively today was about as good. It's the Raiders. It's an average offense. They have a couple above average playmakers, but generally it's still an average offense this is what you should be capable of doing against teams that are kind of in that tier. You got to make sure that they don't pop off the huge plays and they did on that first drive. And then after that, it kept the bills in check. You started playing from in front of them, and then it forced them to make some sloppy turnovers. So, yeah, I would say overall, really good day from the defense. I'm more impressed with what we saw from the offense, but that's Mm -hmm. honestly just because of how bad they were last week. So I think this is more status quo, what we've grown to expect from the defense two weeks in, and then the offense was, yeah, definitely a step in the right direction.
1: Well, how about this? Going into Sunday night football, with two games still left this week, the Bills have had – the Bills have the highest score of any team in the NFL in week number two, 38 points. No one's top 38 points. Defensively, they have the second lowest given up, only 10 points. Them and the Cowboys, there was nine points given up by the Chiefs defense and the Jags, which is a really nice job. But how about that? They have That's how wide of a margin of a victory it was. They had the highest point total of all of week two so far and the second lowest point total against of all of week two. So a great job by the Buffalo Bills offense and defense. Let's touch on special teams and then get to people's questions, Matt. Go ahead.
0: So, after the punt return that they allowed for the game-winning touchdown in overtime against the Jets, the Bills actually had a pretty good day on special teams. Damian Harris had a nice return. Tyler Bass made all of the kicks that he had today just to make sure that they kept, you know, kind of like a, a fairly good special teams day. I was a little bit curious as to why early in the game the Bills were allowing the Raiders to return kicks. They kicked a couple short and allowed the Raiders. I mean, they got it to like the 31 yard line or something. So it's not like it was a massive difference, but don't play with fire. Just kick it out of the back of the end zone. Tyler Bass is good enough to do that, especially against a team that has a decent returner. So yeah, I would say that it was a good day for the special. It it did not hurt them, which it did last week.
1: No, I agree with you, and the Damian Harris kickoff return was a very big moment of the game. The Raiders had just gotten the field goal to make it 14-10, to and then Damian Harris has that long kickoff return. Bills wind up getting points on that drive, touchdown, kind of slammed the door after that. That was a very big moment in this game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, you want to answer a couple questions? Let's go. What do you got for me? Is it Twitter or is it X? It's both, right? I don't don't even know know the proper terminology. They
1: call call them posts. I don't care. I'm going to call it Twitter because I like it like that. Uh, But we did ask. Uh, at Matt underscore Bove and at Sal sports to give us and shoot us your questions. And we have some here. What do you got?
0: This is a good one. And it's interesting. Are we worried about the speed of our secondary at all? People saying they look noticeably slower. I only ask because everything else is pretty great today. I think it's a fair question to ask. What is your just general take on the secondary as a whole? Um,
1: I'm, I'm a little concerned when they go against these really fast teams, like the Miami dolphins are going to have really fast teams. There's a couple other teams that, you know, the chiefs aren't as fast without Tyreek. I mean, now we'll see, but you know, they can put some speed on you uh, out, out on the field. So I can, you can get a little bit concerned at times, but I think generally they're so fundamentally sound and you still got to beat the guy and they keep everything in front of you. But it, yeah, I mean, look, you have a 33 and a 32 year old safety back there, right? So they're not going to be the fastest dudes in the world. I think Christian Benford showed his speed when he came and um, got to Brees Hall last week. Tre'Davious White's not a burner, but they're so fundamentally sound, it makes up for speed. It can't hurt them, and at some point this year, it's going to hurt them. We're going to say, okay, there it is, but I'm not so concerned about it right now on a week-to-week basis. Maybe opponent-wise, I would be.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, and I think the way that this defense is designed, it's you can kind of, you don't eliminate that by ch- by any stretch, but if you get after the quarterback with the defensive line, which show is looking like a pretty strong suit of your defense, then you should hopefully be able to keep everything in front of you. And if the quarterback doesn't have time to hit you over the top, then you know crisis averted. Basically, I, I do agree with it to an extent. I think there have been times when both Poyer and Hyde have looked a little, I guess, slow. I, I don't even, I don't even know if I want to say that. Right? It, it's, I don't know if they look a little slower, but. I guess we'll find out. I right. I, there I was, haven't seen them chasing anybody either, necessarily. I mean no, I, I mean, mean in the run game, Brees Hall gets
1: by then. Hoyer you know,
0: got caught yeah. a little flat footed yeah. against on the big run from Brees Hall. But besides that, I, I don't I really see anybody
1: really getting behind them. I mean, actually the one play that got behind the Bills today was on Christian Benford, and that actually wound up being a weird they called it wrong twice, I guess. They had for say the catch, they had a penalty. It was kind of weird. They were like Key. It was the only one that really got behind them today.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right. This one is from Aiden. Is the short offense with run after the catch the key to the Bills' success? I don't know if it's the key to the Bills' success, but I think it's something that you should be able to do, especially against teams that have game changers on the defensive line or teams that have really, really good just entire units on the defensive line, just because you don't want to make sure that those guys can take over a game. And I think that this is something they've tried to implement for a while. They've tried to take something off of Josh's plate and get him more yards after the catch. And I think today we saw some of that. I think this is going to be continuously something that they try and implement, but it can't be the identity of their entire offense because Josh Allen is so good off script and he is so good throwing the deep ball that you don't want to eliminate those things. I think this is your way of you know being smart and kind of trying to rein everybody in but you still have to give your time, give your opportunities to go for the big play.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, um, I think what's going to happen here is if they keep having that success doing it, it's going to really cause teams to have to play them a little bit differently or think about them a little bit differently and know that, hey, we got to come up and make tackles. Once that happens, maybe that opens up a little bit more of the, you know, further down the field strikes and things like that. So it's all hand in hand, of course, you know, when it comes to the offense in that regard.
0: All right. This one's from the Bills Backers of Northwest Arkansas. Thanks All for right. following, guys. Questioning as to why Spencer Brown looked legit today versus last week and last season. It's only one game, but is it sustainable? Was it game planning to give him help? You know, I didn't see him getting a ton of
1: help. He did get a little bit of help. Um, they they even put Deion Dawkins on that side on some heavy sets, which was interesting, a short yardage. Uh, Dalton K, Dawson Knox, they were there. They had Latavius Murray get a bunch of reps. I'm sure he was chipping. Things like that, but he was one-on-one quite a bit with Max Crosby. He did look good. What What was the difference? I don't know. He says Kingsley Jonathan was a big difference, right? I mean, giving him a good look. I, I think Spencer Brown's a better player than Bills fans give him credit for. Um, he had a, a, an up and down season last week. He had a, a rough, at best, I guess, um, an even or rough first game. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, you know, I think this is a guy that takes pride in his craft, and he did a great job all week preparing.
0: Yeah, he did a great job all week preparing. I still think that that is a question for the Bills moving sure. forward. But listen, this is listen, next
1: week, next week, Chase Young, right? Chase, Chase Young, Chase Young. Uh-huh. We got Deron Payne. They have a. This is a legit, legit D line. The Bills are playing next week.
0: Yeah, and that takes. And that takes us to the next question. It's just from D Rob: Is Washington a threat? I'd say yeah. Washington's no slouch. Washington is better than the Raiders are, and that game is on the road. I think if you play the way you did. On Sunday against the Raiders, you will beat Washington, but you can't sleep on them. I mean, what did they put up, 35 points against Denver? I know Denver is not like a world beater, but they put up 35 points. Sam Howell had 299 yards, two touchdowns. He had a 108 quarterback rating, only had nine or 10 incomplete passes or something like they're no slouch they spread the ball out a ton they've got some weapons I really like Jahan Dotson I think he's going to be a big time player in the league Terry McLaurin obviously is somebody who a lot of people know about so yeah I mean they're don't you can't after watching them lose to Zach Wilson you can't sleep on any opponents I think if the Bills play their game they can absolutely go into Washington and come back with a win but I wouldn't overlook anybody did you see how that game ended today which, oh, so I, Denver. I heard it on the radio driving home, but I okay. didn't see the play. Well, what
1: happened was Washington had um, a two touchdown lead. Denver scores a touchdown. They wind up stopping him, getting the ball back. Wilson does a great job. They get uh, to, you know, get to about midfield. I shouldn't say does a great job. They throw a couple passes. They get to midfield. There's a little controversy. Even if they got to midfield, they throw a Hail Mary. And it bounces, and it goes into the hands of the Denver Broncos receiver. I can't remember who caught it. It's a Hail Mary. They're down eight, by the way, at the time. They catch wow. it. Now they're down two. So Hail Mary makes it a two-point game. They run a two-point conversion, clear pass interference, not called, incomplete, game over.
0: Ooh, that's tough. So they're 0-2 yeah. now, right? They're, the Broncos? are Denver's 2 and the Washington Commanders are 2-0. What do you think the line is? You can probably We can okay. probably look it up. I mean, Bills, Bill's Commanders. Okay,
1: I'm gonna say Bills by six and a half. What are you gonna say?
0: I was gonna say five and a half, given that it's on the road. They're two and oh. I mean, I think what what I think the Bills Raiders ended this week at about seven, seven and a half. I think the line got bet down a little bit. It started at like nine and then got bet down to seven, seven and a half.
1: Wow. Uh okay. Oh, wait, that's Bills Raiders. I'm sorry. Let me look ahead to uh Week number, what, where, by the way, what do we do? Oh my gosh, it's so crazy how quick it goes. You wait all year and then it goes pretty quickly, right? We're already in week number three in the National Football League. Uh, next week, which by the way, starts off with Giants 49ers on Thursday night. When the Bills go to the Washington Commanders on Sunday, the Buffalo Bills will be a, looks like a six and a half point favorite, uh, five in one spot, six and a half. It's off the board in a couple other spots. We'll see why, but you know, um, yeah, it looks like it's a touchdown plus favorite.
0: You're going on the road. Yep, but if you can't beat Sam Howell on the road, right? Like if we're sitting here next week at this same time talking about a loss, and your two losses to start the year have been to Zach Wilson and Sam Howell, that is a problem across the board. So for as good as the offense looked today, the Commanders have a strong defense. Once again, though, you got to go in there, you got to attack, you got to be smart, and you should be able to put up—I don't know—twenty-eight, uh, whatever the bar is. Like, go and put up your points and give your defense a chance to go make some plays. But, but I don't, don't overlook anybody.
1: I have a question for you. If you're done.
0: Um, yeah, I think we're done. Okay. That's one, one thing I do want to talk about though. Yeah. How was right. your, tra- how was your traffic and commute to the stadium today? Cause mine, um, it was awful. But- I mean, my, I,
1: I will say I was okay. I went mm-hmm. there early. I think earlier than you, my wife who happened to be right around the same time as you. Horrible. She was yeah. in traffic for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that look—that's got to get sorted. Look, but the home opener is always
0: a tough home openers is always right. worse. yeah, it's always always tough. worse. My commute for a practice is about thirty five minutes. For a normal game, I would say it's closer to like an hour, maybe a little less than an hour. Today, it was close to two hours. Oh, wow. And I just sat in standstill traffic, and I was stuck at a light where nobody, everybody was trying to make the turn, so nobody was going through the light, and I just sat there. I legitimately sat at the same light probably for 30 minutes without moving, and then once I finally got over to Big Tree, then it was just stop and go for the entire length of big tree. So yeah, it, it wasn't great, but I think that a lot of that has to do with the home opener and then a little of it has to do with the construction and whatnot.
1: All right. Let me uh, ask you a question. Sure. Who, if anyone mm-hmm. can I give an arrow down to in my <sighs> column at WGR550.com? I'll give arrow down to like third down situations, couple third and longs. I got beat the first drive, but specifically, Does anybody on the Bills specifically, and it's okay to say no, does anybody specifically warrant an arrow down from Sunday?
0: Hmm. I'm thinking, okay, this is a stretch. Okay. Trent Shurfield was awesome this summer and still does not have a catch. I don't well, know he, if he
1: didn't do anything wrong on Sunday to warrant an arrow down.
0: Well, we don't know that. Maybe <laughs> when he was on the field, he wasn't getting open, right? <laughs> I don't. I'm. We're stretching here. Uh, I, I Did anybody is...
1: play poorly? Did anybody play poorly? I'm asking. I don't. Like, I don't did, think you know, so. To, 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 from what you watched,
0: I can't think of anybody who did. I can't either.
1: So I'm going to say I don't think I'm going to have any arrow down for any specific players. See right. what happens is. I don't have I have all these arrows up when they win. I don't have any arrow down and people say, "Oh, come on, you know, you, you know Homer can't have an arrow down." I'm like, "Who played poorly though? I got I got to put a guy in there."
0: I, I don't want to I don't want this could turn out terribly for me, but it looks like the Dolphins might just boat race the Patriots. So I'm watching yeah, the we'll game. See. As, yeah, it's yeah, a, it, we'll, it, it, they
1: they are they, they are way faster. Patriots are not a fast team whatsoever. They're going to have no. to really keep everything in front of
0: them in this. That's game. that's, that's sure. kind of your thing of like, oh, is the yeah. Bills secondary a concern uh, against this team? It might be because these guys are so their playmakers are so fast. It's we'll see, yeah, it's wild. And I don't think the Patriots. You know, who, who knows? Maybe you're listening to this podcast on Monday morning. The Patriots win, and I look like an idiot. But I, I think the Patriots are just kind of one of those meh teams. If you're the Bills, Patriots if you're the Bills, you would want the Patriots to win this game, right? For oh,
1: sure. yeah, then everybody would be one and one in the division. Otherwise, you get the yeah. Dolphins at 2 and 0, and the Dolphins would be coming to Buffalo in a couple weeks. They get the Broncos next week. I think they'd be coming to Buffalo at 3 and 0. I mean, you know, that could be dangerous with, you know, maybe sure. some separation in the, in the division. In the meantime, if the Patriots win, it's one and one. So, you know, then everybody, if the Patriots win this game, and again, by the time people listen to this, we'll already know.
0: Everybody in the AFC East will be one and one. Also, Bengals and Chargers, yeah. both 0-2. That's a surprise. Well, the Bengals played the Ravens. I, like, I think the Ravens are pretty good. But for them to be 0-2 to start the season was not what I was anticipating. Not at
1: all. Not at all. And from the looks of it, Joe Burrow's struggling to do Joe Burrow things, probably because of the calf injury. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs the Chiefs had a, a very good def, a defensive game against the Jaguars. By the way, Jaguars' offense not playing uh, kind of on par with what a lot of people thought they would. So that's a lot to dive into on you know what's going on around the league, and we're going to do that uh, the next time we talk. All right, Matt. So great uh, – Great day at the stadium for everybody, the home mm-hmm. opener. It's always a thrill, and I think this was the best-case scenario for everyone to do the home opener, great weather, and a big Bills blowout for everybody to feel good again.
0: Absolutely. I think that this was a way for people to, I don't want to say relax, but I think it makes the week that much – well, it always does when the Bills win. It's always that much more enjoyable for Bills fans. But I think now you know, you go to Washington, I, you probably feel much more confident that you did – this past six days after the Jets game. And then, yeah, you just try and see where it goes from here. It's just the AFC, for as good as some of the teams are, looks like it could be just wide open. You know what I mean? There's just so yeah. many weird things that are happening. I'm looking at the, I looked up after I said the Bengals are 0 2, right? The Bengals are hosting the Rams on Monday Night Football. And I would have said two weeks ago, the Bengals would win by 20. Now, I don't know They're if doing. that's the, I don't know if that's the, the Rams gave the 49ers a good game today. Right. Wasn't it? They that's did. the one it was a thing about our game. Yeah. It was a one score game. Oh yeah. That was the game that they yes. kept the field they goal. With the goal four four seconds seconds left. Left. So people are a little upset about that because
1: of the, uh, betting lines and, and, and things like that. So yeah, I mean, they look, I, I say it every year, the first four weeks really are, you can't really tell who's who you got to wait four weeks or so things happen. Look what happened yeah. last week in some of these games. And that was happened this week. So here we go. That's two weeks in. Things are starting to straighten out a little bit. Let's see what happens over the next couple.
0: That's because bad teams don't know they're bad yet, and some good teams don't know they're good yet, and that's the reality of it.
1: I mean, hey, Atlanta Falcons are 2-0 and right now, right? You never know what's going to happen in the NFL. All right, for our producer, Mike Rabier, I'm Sal Capaccio. He's Matt Bove. If you are watching us, you can listen, of course, on the podcast all the time. We want you to subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app, WGR Sports Radio, five fifty. Thank you so much. It's always game day in Buffalo, and if you are listening, we want you to watch us, Sal Sports YouTube channel, Sal Sports on YouTube. All right, Matt. So we will uh, chat in chat with everybody again a little bit later in the week, and look forward to week number three at the Washington Commanders.
0: Let's do it.